0: Okay, are you ready for the Word of God this morning? Yeah, I'm going to need much more than that. Are you ready for the Word of God this morning? Okay, because I really feel the Lord showed me a picture this week. What's that? Yes, the Lord showed me a picture this week that looked like really thin, malnourished people. I'm not saying that's us. I'm just saying, I really believe that the Lord showed me that there are so many Christians today walking around malnourished in the spirit. What does that mean? It means we are not getting the nutrition spiritually that we need to fulfill and walk in our God-given purpose. And that is not the Lord's heart for us. That is why I honestly felt, and this really speaks to who we are as a church, And if you do not know anything about Living Word, I want to encourage you, we are busy redoing our website because someone hacked it last year. So we had to do it all over again, praise the Lord. Um, But we are part of a church community right across South Africa that has over 30 congregations in South Africa. And this is the first one in Namibia because we really felt the call of the Lord more than two years ago that the Lord wanted to establish a living word community here in Vintuk. And we've got a lot of vision for the rest of Namibia. So, yeah, we are expectant for that. But I want to encourage you to go and look on the website, levenavur.ca.za, if you want to read more about who we are as a church, what we believe, and what we stand for. Because that is very important. If you decide to move into a new church home and a church family, you need to make sure that we are founded on Scripture. That's very important. But before I go into it, why don't I just pray for us this morning? Father, I thank you this morning for the incredible privilege to be part of a spiritual family. Lord, to be part of a spiritual home where we can gather as believers, Lord, where we can come and worship you, express our thankfulness, where we can get strengthened by the preaching and the teaching of your word, Lord, where we can be fed, but where we can also give what we have freely received, where we can serve, where we can find a place, Lord, where the gifts and the talents that you've bestowed on each of us can come to a place of fruition, Lord where we can see your kingdom being established. And Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would anoint my lips this morning. Father, I pray, Lord, that you will give every word that I speak this morning. And I pray that the Logos word that is sown this morning will drop in people's hearts and become rhema word, become living words, Lord, living revelation in our hearts this morning. I pray that our hearts would be open to receive from you. I pray that our minds would be still and that we would focus on your voice this morning. And Lord, that you would speak a word of revelation into every person's heart, Lord, listening here and even watching afterwards on YouTube. Lord, that you would speak a rhema word into each one of our lives. We thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. We thank you that your word is truth, that your word is eternal. It will always accomplish what it is sent forth to do. And it will never fail us. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Okay. So first of all, I want to say, those of you who follow notes and who takes notes, can I ask who takes notes in church? Okay. I would recommend that you bring a notebook every week. Because one of the things that I'm going to talk about today is how do I actually get fed spiritually? How do I actually grow in the Word of God? Listening and reading is phenomenal. That's a great place to start. But we are going to go one step deeper. Are you ready and are you okay if we go a little bit deeper this morning? Yes, we need to. We cannot live our lives as malnourished Christians because God has got a purpose for us. God has got a huge assignment for us. And so He wants us strong. He wants us fed. He wants us nourished. He wants us healthy. Amen? That's God's heart for all of us. He's a good Father. And He wants us to walk around solid, filled with His Word, filled with purpose, filled with passion, filled with fire. Amen? Amen. Aka now on fire. Okay. So basically what I want to say is we also do, the reason why we take the effort on a Saturday evening to type up the notes for you is for the purpose that you can go in the week thereafter and go back to the Word. Go back and go and feed on it to see what God is speaking to you in your circumstances and in your life. So if you have your phone, you can look on YouVersion. Okay, when you go on the Bible app YouVersion, you go under Events. And you search for Living Word Ventuk and you will find the Sermon of the Week every single Sunday. It goes live on a Sunday morning at 9 and we make it live for seven days. You can also save it on your phone. I've literally saved every word even when we were in Living Word in Cape Town. I've got probably 52 Sundays worth of sermons there. Because sometimes I remember the Lord speaking to me something and then I want to go back to it. So we've already done the work for you. Hallelujah. So you can just go back and go and feed on the notes. Okay. But really, I've got this expectation in my spirit. You know, if you are part of our community, the four Sundays we've had this year, okay, Johannes shared on Sunday one in January, he shared a word and he shared four things. And one of those things that we really felt that the Lord spoke to us for this year, that is a rhema word for us, something he wants us to focus in on is intimacy with Jesus. And really, that's, I, I don't even want to say that that's our word for the year, even though we feel like that's what the Lord is saying. I want you to build that foundation. Become connected to me. Become intimate with me. Let me become your life source for everything in your life. Because that is actually the way that we are supposed to live as disciples of Christ. So, yes, it's something that the Lord wants us to focus on, but that should actually be our norm. That's what we are called to. Okay, so we spent some time talking about that since the start of the year. We started in John 14, two weeks ago, when we spoke about the Holy Spirit. We spoke about who the Holy Spirit is, because it's really impossible for us to be intimate with Jesus without his Holy Spirit. Because in John 14, Jesus said, I need to go back to go and prepare a place for you, but I'm going to send you a helper from above. And so Holy Spirit is our helper. So we've been, as a church, really talking about importance of Holy Spirit, that He's a person and that we cannot live without Him. And then last week, we started journeying again in John 15. John 15, if you want to write down a passage of Scripture to meditate on and to journey on, I want to encourage you, John 15. And this is probably one of the longest John 15, 14, and 16 one of the longest courses of Jesus teaching in one segment in one go if you've got a bible with red letters it's probably the most red letters after one another where Jesus was teaching about the importance of living and abiding in him having an intimate relationship with him and so you know i tried i said to the lord okay lord what do you want us to share and talk about this week for the word And I was still stuck in John 15. I'm not getting out of John 15. So I felt like the Lord has planted me there. So we are still going to journey in John 15 this morning. Why don't we have a look at John 15 verse 7. Okay. So here is Jesus. He's teaching about, oh, sorry, I can't move here. He's teaching about abiding in him. Okay, so he's explaining and he's using an analogy of a wine vineyard. And he's saying that his father is the gardener, is the vine dresser. Jesus himself is the vine. And we, you and I, children of God, are the branches. Now he goes in verse 7 and he says, If you live in me, abide vitally united to me and my words. I want you to pay attention to this. My words remain in you. And continue to live where? In our hearts. Then you can ask for whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. If anyone wants a prayer strategy on how to get your prayers answered, this is a good verse to memorize. (laughs) Jesus is saying, When my words, and another translation speaks about my message, my teachings, Where do we find Jesus' message and his teachings? Here. When my words remain in you and lives in your heart, you can ask for whatever you want. Okay, now what is really profound, can I just leave this here? Okay, what is really profound is that in Matthew 4 verse 4, Jesus says another thing. Let's maybe read that. Now, Jesus, what is happening here is that Jesus was uh, baptized. He was anointed by the Holy Spirit for his ministry on earth. And then it says that the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness, led him into a place where he had to undergo some tests before he was able to walk out in his ministry and in his calling. And so the enemy comes to him and he tries to tempt Jesus. And Jesus replied, it has been written Man shall not live and be upheld and sustained by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. I'm going to give a lot of scripture this morning. And so I pray that you will, if you are taking notes, you have to keep up this morning. Amen. And I want to ask us this morning, what are we living our lives by? What are we living our lives by when things are going well, when we feel like we are prospering, when we feel like we're gaining momentum, we're moving forward, we're seeing some success in our life, it's a good season, what are we living our life by? But also, what are we living our lives by when it's not going so well? When we feel like we're not seeing the fruit, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, but why are my prayers not being answered? Why am I not seeing God move in the way that I'm expecting him to? Why am I not seeing the breakthrough I'm trusting him for? What am I living my life by in that season? In other words, what am I standing on? What am I holding on to? Because we're all holding on to something. Good or bad seasons. We are all living our lives by something. The question just is, what are we living it by? Especially in the bad seasons, when things are not going well, what is my go-to? Where do I go for comfort? Where do I go for sustenance? If I feel like I'm losing my faith, where do I go to replenish my faith? That is the question that I felt on my heart for us as a church this morning. Now, this scripture... As well as the one that we read before, John fifteen seven. This word, word, in the English, okay, you know the Bible was translated. Okay. So in the New Testament, it was written in Greek. And there are two Greek words for the English translation of the word word. So in other words, the word of God, Jesus' words. There are two Greek words that explain the word word. Number one is logos. What is Logos? Logos is, number one, the total inspired word of God. This is the written word that you and I know, a Bible. Who has brought a Bible to church this morning? Can you wave your Bible at me this morning? I know some people use the electronic Bible. That's great. One is not more anointed than the other. Okay, that is the total inspired word of God, the Logos. The Bible, Scripture, written from Genesis to Revelation, This contains God's general will, God's laws, God's decrees for all of us, for all time, for all eternity. Amen? You're with me? Total counsel of God. Scripture that we believe in. That's the final authority in our life. This is Logos. Okay? Hebrews 4 verse 12. For the word that God speaks... This is speaking about Logos. So, in other words, this book. For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two edged sword, penetrating to the divining line of the breath of life and the immortal spirit and of joints and marrow, the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing. And judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. This is the Logos word. Okay, the word contains power. It is alive. Luke 8 verse 11, if you are taking notes, also speaks of the sower that sows the seed of the word. That also speaks of the Logos word. In other words, when I am bringing the message to you this morning, what am I doing? In the spirit, I'm sowing Logos seed into hearts. Where that seed lands in your heart determines on the condition of your heart. Okay? That parable of the sower speaks about sometimes I can sow seed, but if my heart as the receiver of the word, if my heart is hot, if I'm full of bitterness, unforgiveness, resentment, worries, anxieties, it can cause my heart to be hot and the soil cannot retain the seed. Amen? Amen? But if my heart is open and expectant and full of faith and ready to receive, that Logos can come in and become Rhema. Rhema is the second translation, the second Greek word that speaks about the word of God. So Logos, as we said, is the written word. Logos also refers to Jesus himself. Did you know that Jesus himself is the word? John 1.1 says that in the beginning was the Word. That speaks of the Logos. Are you still with me? The Word was with God and the Word was God. Jesus is the Word. In other words, Jesus is, if the Word is the expression of God the Father, Jesus became the Word that became flesh. He was there from the beginning. So the Logos Word is Jesus. The word is the truth, John 17, 17 says, that also speaks of Logos. The Logos word is the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. But what is a rhema word then? Because some scriptures speak of a rhema word when we go and look in the Greek. The rhema in the Strong's Concordance explains it like this. That which is spoken, which is uttered in speech... Or writing an utterance individually, collectively, specifically, the word by which something is commanded, directed, enjoined, something that is spoken clearly, vividly, in unmistakable terms, and in an undeniable language. Now, if you go and do more study around this, the Rhema word in the New Testament carries the idea of a word that has become revelation. Okay, so are you following the Logos word is the seed that gets sown. But when the seed gets the breath of God, gets the Holy Spirit breathed upon it, it suddenly becomes rhema. It becomes revelation. It becomes a word that is alive and that is powerful in my life and in my circumstances. Have you ever read the Bible? You're just reading through scripture. And all of a sudden, something jumps out at you that you've never read. Maybe you've read it a thousand times, but this time it means something to you. Or it speaks directly that day into that circumstance that you've been praying about. Has that ever happened to anyone or is it just me? What happened there? The Logos became rhema to you. It became alive. It became revelation in your heart. The Holy Spirit is the one that can breathe on the Logos and have it become rhema in our hearts, rhema in our spirits. In other words, a revelation word that brings power, that brings life, that gives direction, that suddenly you get it. It's like it clicks, like an aha moment. The world speaks of an aha moment. I call it an ah, Holy Spirit moment, okay? So in other words, that is when... The Lord speaks to us through his word. And that is what I want to talk about this morning. I want to get us to a place where we are so hungry for the Lord to speak to us, to speak in our lives, to speak in our circumstances. That every time we open the word, we go, Lord, I cannot wait. Where are you talking to me today? Because that is God's heart. He doesn't want us to live and read scripture and have this dull, dead experience where this is just a book of history to us. That is not the purpose of this book. That is not the purpose of this word. The idea of this word is God's food that he wants to give to us to nourish us. Where he wants to guide us. Where he wants to heal us, where He wants to restore us, where He wants to move us into service for His kingdom. Amen? Does that make sense? A specific word. And that John 15, 17, if my words remain in you, that's speaking of the rhema word. Where Jesus said to the enemy, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every rhema word. That comes forth from the mouth of God. John 6 verse 63. Did I give you that? Jesus said, it is the spirit who gives life. He's the life giver. This is the Holy Spirit. The flesh conveys no benefit whatsoever. There is no profit in it. But the rhema words I've been speaking to you are spirit and they are life. So that's when Jesus speaks to us and this word becomes alive. It becomes rhema. It becomes applicable to me personally in my situation. That's the power. If I am preaching this word this morning, all of you will come back afterwards and tell me you heard something else. How does that work? That means Holy Spirit breathes something different to Stephen. That's going to be rhema for him, what he needs right now. Vonai will receive a different rhema for what she needs right now. Johannes will receive something different. We will all get something out of the Logos, but rhema breathed upon by the Holy Spirit, alive, relevant for you for now, for today. Amen. And that's why I want to speak to you this morning about the living word of God and how necessary it is. It's fundamental. It's crucial that we build our lives on the living word of God. This is the only thing that will sustain us. The only thing that will feed your soul and your spirit. That will nourish you spiritually. That will give you hope in difficult circumstances. That will give you answers in a place where you don't see a way out. That will bring healing where you need healing. That will give you direction where you need direction. And I want to tell you this. So many people come to us and share with us, how do I hear the Lord's voice? And Johannes is very passionate about the prophetic. We will have all those courses. We will do, you know, all those things. But where does it start? How do I hear the rhema voice of God speaking to me? I have to go first to the Logos, because the Rhema word will never contradict the Logos word. Okay? <laughs> I laugh because we re, we, um, I listened to a, another story of another guy telling about, you know, he's talking about Logos and Rhema, and, uh, rhema, and he says, you know, they had a lady in their church that wrote into them and said she received a Rhema word from the Lord that she was to marry the worship leader. Um, And the worship leader was already married. Okay. (laughs) my word will never contradict the logos word. I just want to put that out there. If you hear something like that, it's not the Lord speaking. Okay. So often we live our lives by words, but words of other people. Words of the enemy. Words of, you know, voices. Words on Facebook, okay? I also post scriptures on Facebook. Not everything you read on Facebook is from the Word, <laughs> even if it looks really awesome. We've got to have such discernment who we listen to. We live by words of fear, words of the media, um, words of experts. We always say, you know, let's see. Well, who are they? Are they in scripture? <laughs> Okay, who are they? I do this too sometimes, and then the Lord brings me back. And so let me give you a few examples. Okay, the first person I really felt on my heart as I was reading through her story, I thought this lady gets it. If there's someone that I want to model my life after, it is this lady. Okay, Luke one thirty-seven and 38. You remember Mary, the mother of Jesus. Okay, she was a lady who... She was engaged to Joseph at the time. They were betrothed. And, you know, she had probably these great dreams and this great idea for her life. And and then suddenly she had a visit from an angel of the Lord. Okay. And the angel of the Lord said to her that basically you are going to bear a son. His name is going to be the Most High, Jesus basically gave her a directional rhema word from the mouth of God that she was going to bear the Savior of the earth. Talk about a hectic moment of revelation. She was just probably going about her normal day, and an angel of the Lord dropped this bomb on her. And the angel of the Lord, because she was scared, and she said, Well, okay, I'm hearing, but how is that even going to be possible? Okay, like we sometimes say, if the Lord speaks to us, we were like, okay, Lord, I hear, but how is that going to be possible? Okay, so then the angel said to her, for no word from God will ever fail. Another translation says, for nothing will be impossible with God. And both those words speaks about the rhema word of God. In other words, when the Lord has given you a promise... When the Lord has spoken something to you for your family, for your business, something that you know. I'm not talking about just general scripture. It is very powerful. But this morning we are talking about the specific word that the Lord speaks to my heart for my situation. That rhema word will never, ever fail. He said to Mary, it will come to pass. And what was Mary's response in verse 38? She goes, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me according to your Rhema word. And the angel had left her. God came and spoke. Was that word for everyone? Not everyone was going to give birth to the Savior of the world. That was not a logos word, God's general for everyone. That was a word for Mary. She has been chosen, she was appointed by God himself, and God spoke a word to her directly and clearly, and what was her response? She did ask a question. We can ask the Lord questions. He's not scared of our questions. Amen. And she responded in faith because she realized that this God of hers, if he said something, he will be faithful to do it. And I want to encourage some of us this morning, you are doubting the word that God has spoken into your life. Because it's taking time to come into fruition. And I want to encourage you, there is always a time between the promise, the spoken word, and the fulfillment. There is always time between it. God is not into this fast food mentality that we have. Sadly, he doesn't work like that. I've seen it in my own journey. When I felt called for ministry, I felt the Lord clearly speak to me. I, can't, I didn't have an angel, okay? We all would love an angel, okay? Who wouldn't love an angel where he can just clearly speak, no confusion, ne? Okay, I've never seen an angel speak to me face to face, but I know that I know that I know that I know God spoke to me. How do I know? You will just know. I can't, if you understand, I can't You will just know. Where will you know it? Here. The word becomes alive in your heart. You will know that you know that you know. You will have peace. You will still be scared. Okay? When I heard that the Lord, I literally heard the Lord say to me, I have called you for full-time ministry. I've called you for priestly work. I've called you to lead. I was scared because I didn't speak in front of people. And so I had a million questions. How is this going to work? How is that going to work? you know, all of those things, like we always do when the Lord speaks to us. But I know that I know that I know. And it took how long? I felt the Lord speak to me in 2009. I felt that word come alive to me. And it was from Scripture, 1 Peter 2 verse 9. I've got it written down here. I'll even show you. I've written it down to remind me that that was the Logos word that became my Scripture. And now we're actually doing it in children's church And I'm still thinking it's my scripture. What is your scripture? What is the thing that God spoke to you? Where you have history in the word with him. Where you can go and you can tell someone, this day, this time, God spoke to me this thing. That's where I want to get us this morning. What is your history with the Lord? Where did he speak to you what? As Johanna said, we need to remember, I put this word in front of me every single day. Okay, especially before I have to preach the word. It's important. And I remember it was in 2009. Where are we now? 2021. When did we launch this church? <laughs> A year ago. We just had our birthday last week. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> That was awkward. Um, So, but when did we, when did I start working for the ministry? In 2015. It was six years until God opened the door. Because sometimes we think the Lord speaks a rhema word. And now tomorrow we expect to walk into that thing. Six years. And so there's different testimonies, but I don't want to focus on that. Okay, so the Lord said that to Mary and she said, let it be according to thy Rama word. In faith she believed. And church, I want to encourage us, when the Lord speaks to us, we have to have faith to believe. And I felt in my heart as we were just in worship this morning, there are people here this morning who feel like you're losing faith in the word that you've already got. Because you're not seeing it. And the Lord says, I want you to believe in the rhema word that I've spoken to you because my word will never fail. My timetable is not your timetable. My ways are not your ways. But that doesn't mean it will not come into fruition. Amen. The second example, I love this guy. Luke 5 verse 5. Who knows Peter, one of the disciples? I love him because when you start reading just stories that includes him, he was a radical guy. Okay, he was the one that when they wanted to arrest Jesus, he would cut off the ear of the soldier. And Jesus would go back, put the ear back on and heal the the guy. Um, You know, he was that guy, full of fire, full of zeal, oftentimes misdirected. And Jesus had to bring him back to the main thing. But at least he was going for it. I think sometimes the Lord can work with people with zeal, even if it's a little misdirected, because at least he can get them back in, rather than work with people that never believe, always doubt, always fearful. Amen? And so in this scenario, Peter was in a place where he desperately needed financial provision. Okay? He desperately needed a breakthrough in financial provision. So the Bible says that they were toiling all night. And, you know, the word toil actually means striving. It, you're, you're at such a place of desperation that you're just throwing in anything, any idea. Who's ever been at that place? You're, later on, you're so tired. You are so disappointed. You are so... Klar, man. Yes, klar, is the best way to explain it. Now, Peter was at that point. And the Lord comes and the Lord... They've actually... They were fishing all night. They were toiling all night. They come up to the shore... Jesus, not paying any attention to to Peter sweating and, you know, freaking out because he needs provision. He needs fish. Jesus first teaches the crowds and, you know, says, can I even borrow the boat and all those things? And then Jesus comes to him and he says to him, lower your nets one more time. Jesus said. And Simon Peter answered, Master, we've toiled all night, exhaustingly, and caught nothing in our nets. These guys were professional fishermen. If they had a spare idea, I'm sure they had tried it. Who's ever been in that situation? You know you can try route one, route two, plan B, plan C, plan D. But after plan Z fails and you're at your end, Jesus comes and he says, but on the ground of your word... I will lower the nets again. Jesus basically said to him, Do it one more time. And he's like, But Jesus, you don't understand. I've I've done this, I've done plan Z. And Jesus says, It doesn't matter what you've done in the natural. I say to you, I speak to you a Rhema word, do it again. And Peter says to him, But on the ground of your Rhema word, your revelation word to me in my personal circumstances right here, right now, Peter, I will do it again. And the Bible says that they caught so many fish, they filled two boats full and they had to call for help because the boats were breaking. I want to encourage you this morning, church, if you're in a place where you are needing God to speak, ask him for a rhema word in your situation. Because that is the word that you will need. That is the word that will bring breakthrough. That is the word that will give you wisdom, that will give you direction. But how do I get that word? Not by wishing. We don't do wishing as Christians. I have to open the Logos. I have to search. I have to hunger. I have to want for. And ak you get to that place where you are so desperate, you don't feel like opening the word. Well, feelings have nothing to do with it. We don't have a choice. If we want to see a spiritual breakthrough, we've got to get at a spiritual strategy. I mean, So many people come to us, but nothing is working. Nothing is working. Soek de hier Press in. Pursue him. Go for it. Like Isaac said to the Lord, I will not let you go until you bless me. Okay? We must put some grit into our pursuit with the Lord. Because the Bible says that he promises, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. I'm not preaching from a place of theory. I'm preaching from a place of I've done this with the Lord. Time and time again, from my finances, through to a relationship, a marriage I was trusting for, through to all the things we have needed for church and different elements in my journey. And I'm still, I'm still doing it. Okay, we need to write my word from the Lord. And you're saying, that's great. Okay, that's awesome for you. That's awesome for Mary. That's awesome for Peter. Jesus was there on the shore, in the flesh. Mary had an angel. Jesus, I don't see Jesus here and I don't see an angel. That's okay. The question is, am I positioned to hear a rhema word from the Lord? Am I going to position myself in a place where I can receive a rhema word from the Lord? Because that is all that He's expecting from us. How can we position our hearts to receive rhema revelation from the Lord? And I believe... A key thing, and I'm going to read a scripture for us this morning. But as I was literally going over John 15, I felt like I've got nothing else that God is putting in my heart. John 15, John 15, abide. My words must abide in your heart. My words must abide in your heart. My words must abide in your heart. I realized, okay, what am I actually doing? I'm meditating on the word. You know, we said in the beginning, church, this is not going to be a comfortable church where we just eat cupcakes, sing, and go home. We are going to grow. We are going to be challenged in the word. We are going to rise up into our callings that God has called us to be. And we're going to establish the kingdom of God in this city and in this nation. But it is going to take, It is going to take faithfulness. It's going to take commitment. It's going to take hearts that says, Lord, I'm not letting you go until I see this in my city, until I see this in my family, until I see this in my business, because I believe your word. Amen. And so I believe that there is a spiritual discipline because, okay, here's the reality. It's not comfortable. God has never, ever been interested in the comfort of people. Okay, so that's why we have spiritual disciplines. Prayer is a discipline. Spending time in the Word is a discipline. And that's not what people want to hear. We want to hear, I just pray one prayer and everything falls into place. And that's not always how the kingdom works. And I believe meditation is different from reading the Bible. But meditation is such a lost discipline in the global church today. And I believe that's one of the reasons why the Lord showed me that picture of of these malnourished people. Malnourished in the spirit. Because we don't have the time. We are simply too busy. But too busy with what? With what? We are even so busy in the church doing the things of the Lord. That's no excuse for me not to be busy with the Lord himself. That's not his heart. His heart is not for us to be more busy in the church than we are busy with him. And so meditation, look at what it says in Joshua 1 verse 8. It says that this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. When must we meditate on the word? Day and night. That you may observe and do, that's another key, according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. Sometimes we're not seeing prosperity and success because we're actually not meditating on the Logos word and giving it time to become rhema in our lives, giving it time to become specific to our lives and our situations. And that's God's heart. He wants us to feed on it. Psalm 8 verse 7, no, sorry, Proverbs 8 verse 7 says, For the mouth shall meditate on the truth. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, I have hidden in my heart your word that I may not sin against you. Psalm nineteen, fourteen says, Let the words of my mouth And the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord. What does meditate actually mean? Okay, I'm not talking about some new age practice. In fact, I think they hijacked it from us because God spoke it first. Um, Meditate means in Hebrew, it's the word haga, And it means to mutter. Okay, to mutter, to utter, to study, to speak, to imagine, to think about, to ponder to consider, to look at closely. And this is something that, for me, is a real challenge because I don't know if those of you who know me will know, when I read my Bible, I go for quantity. Johannes is always like, okay, but what does that mean? Have you thought about it? No, I'm focused on reading the entire chapter. (laughs) I want to get the whole story. But I don't often go and wait for the Lord to speak to me just about that one scripture. And that's sometimes what the Lord wants us to do, is to meditate and to take our time in scripture, not just to run through it and rush and think we've read it. Now, why am I not seeing anything in my life happening? Well, you know what? Just reading through it will not necessarily do... It's good. It's awesome. Don't hear me wrong. But... Even just memorizing scripture is also a beautiful, good practice. But you know that even atheists know scripture. The enemy quoted scripture to Jesus. But that doesn't mean it went from his head to his heart. How do we get the logos from our head into our heart to be rhema? How does this process happen? It happens through meditation. What is meditation? Okay, we said to mutter, to utter. It means to chew on it, to ponder on it, to think what it means, to reflect on it, to ask the Holy Spirit, break it open for me, Lord. What does this mean? And what does it mean for me in my life? Okay, journal it. Write it down. This is when something makes its way from our head into our heart, and this is where the Lord can make it rhema to us. It becomes alive to us. It clicks in our spirit. We get it. It makes sense in a non-logical way. But our problem is that we eat the Bible the way that we eat fast food. Actually, we're going to South Africa next week, and Johannes and I are so excited to have a McDonald's burger. This is so but I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, but the Lord doesn't want us to have a fast food mentality. When it comes... To feeding on the word. He wants us to be like cows. Is she telling me I'm a cow? No. I'm telling you we need to chew on the word like cows chew on grass. Who's a farmer? Who knows anything about farming? Okay. I don't really. But this is apparently how cows eat. Okay. A cow grazes through the pastures, finds a nice piece of grass, chews it, then they swallow it. Then they regurgitate it, and they chew it some more. That's a process to explain meditation. They bring it up again. They chew it again. Why? To refine it. Because in that process of refining it is when the nutrients are released, what they need to eventually produce the milk. So the idea of feeding on Scripture, of eating the Word of God, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. We need to eat on the bread of life. Chew on it. Ponder on it. Think about it. Lord, what does this mean? I don't get it. I don't understand. Holy Spirit, break this open for me. And we wait until we get that rhema click revelation. Amen? Feed on scripture over and over and over again. Swallow it. Bring it back up. Write it down. Go over it again and again and again. Jeremiah fifteen sixteen says that your words were found and I ate them. And your words became for me a joy and a delight of my heart. And meditation, what will that do for me? It will bring me rhema. It will take the word from my head to my heart where it becomes alive to me. Where I can start to see God working in my life. It'll keep my spirit free from entanglement from the enemy. It will keep me in tune with God's voice. Because as Jesus said, when I feed on him and his words remain in me, I can ask for anything and it will be done for me. Because what is the key there? How will my prayers get answered? When I feed on the word and I meditate on the word, what I will pray will be more in line with God's word because it's already in me. I will not be praying fleshly prayers. I will be praying God's will for my life, God's direction for my life, because I'm feeding on the right nutrients. When we were in South Africa last year, a prophet came up to me, and we were, you know, we were very excited. He was from America. It's always excited when a prophet comes to town. Everyone wants a word, you know, and so we were all there just kind of hanging out and praying, and there was a fire tunnel and all different things, and When I walked past him, he stopped me right there and he said to me, eat well in the days to come. And I thought, what a peculiar statement. I was hoping for something different. And the moment I shared it with Johannes, it clicked. It became Roma. It was months before we moved to Namibia. And the Lord confirmed it to me when I went back that night and that week. And I went and I went to sit and I asked the Lord, Lord, what does that mean? What? Because I felt... I knew it was a rhema word from the Lord because when he looked at me, I felt like Jesus himself was speaking to me. I don't know if you've ever had that experience. I cannot tell you why, but I know that I know Jesus was speaking to me and he said to me, eat well in the days to come. That's all he said. And I felt the Lord speak to me and say, in order for me to be able to teach the word of God, I need to eat it first. I need to chew on it first. I cannot teach something that I have not fed on. I cannot give you something that I've not had to chew first. And that's what the Lord was, was telling me. We need to eat. Look at what it says, Mary. And, oh, I, don't, I didn't give you that scripture, but Luke 2 verse 19. Jesus was now born and the shepherds came and the shepherds brought lots of prophetic words. And there was um, Simon and Anna and everyone was prophesying and, you know, over the Messiah, over her baby. And everyone was giving all these words, but the Bible said this, Luke 2.19, But Mary was keeping within herself all these sayings, the Rama words. She was keeping all these things in her heart, weighing and pondering them. And I want to ask you, what is your history with the Lord? Where are the things that He has spoken to you? Johannes and I keep a journal. I write down every single thing. I haven't written down in this Bible because I wanted to keep it neat, but I've got older Bibles where I've marked, I've highlighted, I've written down dates, times, scenarios, personal situations. I was reminded last night as I went through the journal, I said to him, there's a particular scripture, and Lauren read it last week, Isaiah 41, where the Lord says, Do not look back at the former things look straight ahead because I'm doing a new thing. And I remember being in a personal situation where I was really going over old things. We were camping with my family and I got annoyed at someone. And you know, sometimes when you get annoyed at someone, now you sit and you remember every time this happened and you go over and you go over. And I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me, go into the word, I want to speak to you. I was just saved, like barely saved. No, I was saved, (laughs) newly saved. And I went into the word and I remember the Lord spoke to me through that scripture. And I got such a fright because it was like Jesus himself was speaking to me in the tent. And he said, do not go over those former things. Because I'm doing a new thing. And every time I hear that scripture, I remember that moment like it was yesterday. That was in 2008. God wants to speak into every situation. God wants to speak rhema words into your marriage. God wants to speak rhema words into your finances, into your business. God wants to speak life into every area of your life. God wants to confirm to you what he's called you to do. And I love there's a, the scripture in Acts 9. You know, Saul, who became Paul and wrote most of the New Testament, he was a scholar, very, very well versed in the scriptures. He knew the Bible. He knew the Logos. But what happened on the road to Damascus? He had a Rhema word. Another way of putting it is he had an encounter with the living Logos himself, where Jesus said, Why are you persecuting me? And the Logos became Rhema to him. He had an encounter with the Lord. So you can know scripture, but if you are not having a relationship with the Lord where it becomes rhema, you will not see the life that God has designed for us to have. And so my heart is that we will become hungry for that. And I want to end with this. Deuteronomy 8 verse 3. Remember in the beginning, we were looking at Matthew 4, 4, where Jesus said to the enemy in the wilderness, man shall not live by bread alone. What was Jesus speaking? He was quoting From the Old Testament. He was quoting from Deuteronomy 8 verse 3. Where it says. This was the Israelites. Who were also in the wilderness. At the time. And what did the Lord do? The Lord gave them daily manna from heaven. To feed on. To nourish. And he humbled you. And allowed you to hunger. And fed you with manna. Which you did not know. And your fathers know. That he might make you recognize. And personally know that a man does not live by bread only, but man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. The Israelites needed to have personal experience of their God providing for them on a daily basis. They needed to have personal experience of the bread of life coming to them every day, sustaining, bringing life to them. And if Jesus is the bread of life, Then like a bakery every morning, he's got fresh bread available for us to eat on. The question is just, are we going to the bakery? The baker is baking. Are we hungry? Are we getting our and every morning? I love a brechen. But a fresh one. What happened to the manna? The Lord said to them, they must only pick up every day, the Israelites in the wilderness, what they needed for that day. God had manna prepared for each one of us this morning for today. But I'm only going to get it in the Logos. Does it make sense? He's got a fresh spiritual in for you, church, every morning, every day. And I want to end up with one more thing. Number three, it's in your notes, Ephesians 6, 17. It talks about the spiritual armor of God. And it says at the end, and this was, wow, this was rhema to me. And take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That speaks of the rhema Word of God. Okay, this was, wow, to me. So in other words, when I fight my battles, I don't fight with anything. I fight with my rhema word that the Lord gave me for that situation. Come on, church. We need to ask the Lord. I fight with that word that he gave me. Lord, I'm in a battle in my business. I need a rhema word for you for this to fight my battle. What is the word from the Lord for you for this? And I'm not talking about prophetic words or anything like that. That's part of it. I'm first and foremost talking About all of us, we will not recognize the rhema word if we don't know the logos. So it starts by spending time every single morning. We had people coming and doing liberating truths. What is the idea of that course? It's for you to find the truth in scripture to set you free. But the truth will not set you free until you eat it. We had people literally saying to us, when I ask them, how many times did you open your Bible in the eight weeks? Nee, nee. Well, that's why you don't see deliverance. That's why we don't see freedom. That's why we don't see breakthrough. Because this is not something to look at, church. This is something to eat. Okay? We need to eat until we are full, until we are overflowing. The living word of God is where your answers are at. Five steps. Number one, we need to spend daily time in the word of God, in the logos. How do I do that? I choose a spot. I choose a time. I have a printed Bible because my notifications on my phone distracts me. That's from personal experience. I need a notebook. I need a pen. I need to position myself with expectation that God is going to speak a to me from this book. Number two, I need to choose what I will read. Sometimes people find it hard. Well, where do I start? It's such a big book. Okay, I'm going to make it easy for us. You can choose a a reading plan in your version. I do the one-year Bible every year. And what's great about it, if you miss two days, you can press catch up. And it catches up two days. So you still get through the Bible. It might just take you two years to get through the one-year Bible. That's so okay. Even if you've got 10 minutes, just start doing it. I'm telling you, I'm waiting for your testimony. It will change your life. And this is something we all know, but we're not always good at living it out. I'm preaching to myself this morning. I need to be eating all the time. Okay? Number two, we need to pray through it. Before we start, Lord, please help me. Holy Spirit, Come and open up the scriptures to me this morning. Lord, I've got my marriage on my heart. Please speak to me. I've got my business on my heart. Please speak to me. I'm ready to hear from you. I am positioning myself. And if you don't hear anything this morning, go back tomorrow morning. Go back on Wednesday morning. Go back on Friday morning. But don't stop. Continue in this. Write it down. Whatever you feel jumps at you. Whatever intrigues you for some reason. It will not always be an angelic moment. Praise the Lord if it is. But sometimes something is just illuminated, highlighted for some reason. That's the thing you need to focus on and ask the Lord for more. And then you need to mutter it. Write it on a post-it note. Uh, In the beginning, I used to have post-it notes all over my room, all over my fridge, in the car, next to my laptop. John 15 verse 7. If my words abide in me, I can ask for anything. If the words abide in me, Jesus' words, what words? What is he talking about? What does abiding mean? How does it remain? How does it get from my head to my heart? That's meditation, constantly. And then number five, if the Lord gives you an action or a task, you do it. What releases more of the rhema in our lives is obedience. Obedience. We used to say in in Cape Town, we can't be spiritual fat Christians either. We can either be malnourished or we can be overweight in the spirit. It means we need to act on what the Lord speaks to us. Amen. All right. Well, I'm going to end for us off in prayer.